0: what's up banana bunch all right if you're listening to this podcast right now awesome but i want you to watch it as well so this is the much talked about relaunch of the show as a video podcast as well so of course the audio version will continue to exist you can still get in your platforms if you hate looking at me which uh you're wrong to feel that way and I want you to jump over to YouTube right now, and I want you to subscribe to us there at Jungle Jim's International Market. So you'll find it, you'll see the JJ logo and all this fun content. I'm gonna be releasing all these episodes as videos too. It's gonna to be great, but before we talk about how great this week's episode is, I want to ask you, as always, if you unless you're a new listener to the show, you don't know this yet, but I would love it if you could give us a review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and now on YouTube, you can hit that like button, and you can leave me a comment and talk directly to me. And that kind of thing is so important to shows like this because this is how we get successful. And I think you all want us to be really successful. I know I do. (laughs) All right, this week we've got all kinds of fun stuff coming up on the show. We're brewing a beer with 50 West. But before we do that, I wanted to kind of give you all a taste of the new format, which is not really very new, but just kind of what to expect. So I reached out to my buddy Chris, who you've seen on the show before, and we're launching into one of my favorite new segments called The Deal Squill. You ready, Chris? It's time for the deal. I'm back in the booth with Chris V, baby. What's going on, buddy? Squealing?
1: I'm ready to squeal.
0: Well, we found a fun one, and this is definitely along the lines of, I think, uh, what Jungle first envisioned when he pitched this idea to us. So let's talk today. We're talking frozen fruits and smoothies. That's kind of been a bit of a theme for us.
1: It has. Uh, with our first one on the protein powder, yep. this is a great mix. I am no stranger to frozen fruit. I sell it. I love it. <laughs> I consume it. So this is a fun one.
0: Yeah. I'm excited about this too. Well, I guess to set it up for the audience, we talked in the past about how you can find some unexpected deals in the store, especially if you shop internationally. So while you can also get a little of a, a little international flair, you can try something new too. So we've got two bags of frozen fruit.
1: So I wanted to compare two... Uh... Frozen fruit mixes. Okay. So basically, we have a tropical fruit mix that is in the frozen aisle, and it is peaches, mangoes, pineapples, and strawberries.
0: Well, classic, classic smoothie blend.
1: Classic smoothie blend. It is a two and a half pound, forty ounce bag, and. This uh, particular deal squeal is not helping my sales in the frozen department. I'm sorry to do this to you. No, it's okay. What's ever better for the store. <laughs> but he's a uh, team player, folks. I am a team player, but I will have this occasionally on sale for nine ninety nine. Full price is eleven ninety nine. Cool. But we found the uh, two pound bag of goya. So it, just
0: a half pound shy, right? So thirty two. Half ounces pound shy. 40, Yeah, thirty two.
1: Right. Um, now the mix is different. But it is fun, and it could be great in a smoothie. I personally haven't had it, but it looks good. Here it is. We got, um, well, the sugar cane. We have guavas, apple slices, hibiscus flour, an abundant quantity of raisins, plums, and some cinnamon sticks.
0: Cool. So it's a little different flavor set.
1: Yeah, but that sounds pretty good. I would be down
0: for this. Yeah.
1: So even if you don't want it in a smoothie, this could be one funky pina colada, my friend. Ooh. Uh, right?
0: A funky pina colada. And what was, what we find the price on that one? That's the exciting part, folks.
1: I believe it's either $5.99 or 6.09, dollars something like that, right at the $6 range. Okay, perfect. So, so, half
0: price. Yeah, and you're only losing a half pound. Sure, the flavor's a little bit different, but that's kind of fun. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I like they have it on there. It's fruit punch. Yeah. I, I kind of want to try this now all blended together. Now what we need to do is have somebody come in and taste test the deal squeal, which is what I've been doing at home. I bought the griddle we talked about last time. So
1: oh, right, I, me too. I made some grouper on it last And night, for the viewers, we're having some fun steaks on that thing oh, tonight.
0: Oh, looking forward to that too. So maybe we should
1: bring this home.
0: And we can have- s- Do a taste s- test. <laughs> steak smoothies. Steak smoothies. <laughs> well, no, that's a great find. So that's the trick, folks, is that you, know, you can try, not only can you try something new and different, you can get a discount on it too, effectively, right? For the for well, it's a two pound bag versus a two and a half pound bag in the American side. But what we're looking at price wise is that that bag you can almost get four pounds to the price of one of the American ones. Correct. That's insane.
1: It is insane. It that's, seems like a lot of these deals are about like a uh, a forty to sixty percent savings, yeah, considerably. Uh, and that's a great deal, especially for trying something new, like give it a whack that sounds fun it might be your new favorite thing
0: maybe they'll be squealing with us i hope so thanks for your time buddy thank you bud thanks chris i appreciate you helping me with the deal squeal this week okay so if you've been a long time listener of the show you know where i'm standing probably here in our craft beer and wine department but this week we're moving on to our third in the road to the jungle beer series that we've been making in collaboration with 50 west brewing here in cincinnati ohio so Instead of just talking to you about it, we went on site to 50 West and we're gonna learn how to brew a beer together. That's right, we're headed to 50 West. 50 West Brewing is one of Cincinnati's finest breweries and we've had a great time collaborating with them on the Road to the Jungle series. If you didn't know this, all the beers brewed at 50 West Brewing Company have been handmade in small batches with a focus on craftsmanship, tradition, innovation, and patience. Let's find out how much patience they have. Well, tell you what, first off, why don't you introduce yourself yeah. so I know who you are. Uh, name,
2: yeah, absolutely. My name's Jake Roller. I'm a brewer here at 50 West. Uh, I've been brewing here for uh, approaching a couple of years now. Um, loving every single minute of it. And I'm um, here with you guys to both brew a beer with Jungle Gyms, a really awesome collaboration, as well as talk about beer for a little bit.
0: I understand that you are even a former Jungle Gyms, I almost said member. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it kind of feels like a membership sometimes. It's a really unique experience. Yeah, uh, I worked for Jungle Gyms. I got hired back in the fall of 2018 in the beer department. Uh, I just moved back into town and reshifted my professional focus to craft beer, and that was the next logical step. So uh, I got, in the foot, uh, got my foot in the door there In 2018, just stocking the shelves and being around the product, which I fell in love with and kind of worked my way up. And I spent almost three years at General Jams before I transitioned into the production side here at 50 West.
0: That's so cool. I love it. We're always opening doors, right? Absolutely. So, so far with you all, we've done a, we did a a Juicy IPA as the first beer. We did the uh, Mole Stout as the second one. And now we're moving into a favorite genre for me, which is the sour. So... I know right now we're sampling this is the uh the 50 west scoop me up right which is delicious right multiple berries bananas but explain it like i'm five what makes a sour beer different from the traditional beer so
2: uh sour beer is a really broad category actually the reason it's kind of used as the the straightforward uh categorization of those types of beers is because the sour taste of them they do have an acid content that creates that tart characteristic on your palate when you drink them. Um, it's pretty cool in brewing these days, there are numerous ways to achieve that goal of sour in various levels of that sour. So uh, in the beer that you're sipping now, Scoot Me Up, as well as the one we're about to do, we're using some really cool products. The Jungle Jim's beer we're doing today, um, it uses a combination of two different yeast strains. One of them is just a traditional uh, ale strain. The other one is cool, it's called Sour Vissier. Uh, it goes through. It's a normal brewer's yeast strain, so it's a clean strain of yeast that isn't going to add, uh, you know, infections or bacterias or wild yeast to develop that sour. Okay. Um, what's cool about it is it's genetically modified. So it was uh, a regular ale strain of brewer's yeast that was modified to, in addition during fermentation, to brew it, or producing CO2 and ethanol, which are all yeasts do. Uh, it also produces uh, lactic acid. Um, so, it's an acid that gives the beer the tart, char- the tart characteristic there, so it's a perfectly clean way, we don't really need to take any additional sanitation or cleaning steps before or after to use this yeast strain to still develop and bring you a,
0: uh, a sour beer. So. What are some things, so uh, imagine this is someone's never tried a sour beer before. What are either some misconceptions or what would you tell someone trying one for the first time? Uh, Take more than one sip first. Uh,
2: (laughs) Because of the acidity of these beers, it is literally a shock to your palate. Your your palate, your mouth basically stays close to a neutral baseline. So when you have this low pH liquid coming in and hitting your taste buds, it's gonna seem way more sharp, way more sour, way more tart than, the actual beer is so step a give it more than one chance don't make a snap judgment that first sip you have uh it definitely eases itself out just like really hoppy and bitter beers that first sip is always a, a chore to get through sometimes but literally right after that your palate adjusts almost immediately um, as far as uh, a comparison to something that a non-beer drinker may be able to relate think of of sour candies on the shelf in your convenience store like These beers aren't as sweet as them, nowhere near as much sugar content, which I kind of enjoy. It makes them a lot more drinkable, uh, but it does have that sour, and in this case, the fruit characteristic
0: uh, that we're looking to achieve uh, on the final product.
3: That's so cool.
0: See, and even I'm like, as somebody who drinks a lot of them, I'm like, oh, I didn't know most of those things. Cool. And earlier you mentioned lactic acid going in the mix Mm -hmm. as far as something that gives it its tart characteristic. I often see lactose as Mm -hmm. an ingredient in sours, What's the deal with that? Com- completely
2: different type of compound. So lactose is a uh, is a type of sugar. Um, what's unique to it in brewing. So sugar is the food for all yeast. That's how we get the alcohol and the CO2 out of the yeast. Lactose is interesting in that it's a more complex sugar. It does not break down and it will not ferment. So it's going to add a a completely opposite effect of the a- lactic acid, it will be sweet. Um, any, uh, any like milk chocolates, uh, anything that is a dairy based product that has a little bit of sweetness, natural sweetness to it, is generally in part two lactose. Oh. on the flip side that lactic acid is not sweet and not related to lactose uh, maybe chemically from a compound standpoint i don't know but uh, as far as sensory, <laughs> are sensor, you telling is it? me you're not a chemist as <laughs> i'm well? not not yet i'm uh, you know it's I'm only a hobby of mine so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so it's uh it's a pretty cool and, and i think when it comes to beers like this balance is a huge part because you're playing with such intense flavor profiles uh things that are one-dimensional can often get very very narrow and very specific and sometimes off-putting with a single characteristic. So we've got the sour, the tartness, we've got the sweetness from the lactose and the fruit that we're gonna be adding uh, to kind of bring it all together into a complete balanced beer.
0: (laughs) Well, and it seems like today, I think we're gonna make a fairly unique one, right? What what fruits are we using? So we're using
2: two really cool fruits, uh, pinkberry or white strawberries, I think they're known as, uh, it's a pretty, uh, is it a new variety of strawberry? I'm not even super familiar with it. I think, familiar, I think is newish, it. yeah, um, the pine
0: berry. Yeah, yeah,
2: not pine berry. I think that's not pink berry. That's frozen yogurt, I think, right?
0: I think pink, it probably is. <laughs> uh, but I think the packaging says pink berries on it. Okay. They're very unsure of the yeah, brand. no, Every
2: company probably copyrights their name when they get this new variety <laughs> of plant. So whatever, it's a white looking strawberry. Uh, they do have like a, a pineapple-y taste to them, yeah. um, which is kind of the effect. And when it comes to the second fruit, it's pink pineapple. Uh, is going to be our our second fruit in the beer, so kind of a play on pink, double whammy. Um, but yeah, so the pineapple characteristics of the strawberry are going to meld nicely with the pink pineapple itself to create this really cool kind of sweet, tart, rounded, uh, rounded fruit profile on the beer.
0: I'm incredibly excited for it. Uh,
2: every every time we've got to do a Jungle Jim's beer so far with you guys, I get really excited because we get to play with super unique ingredients, stuff that probably um, Jungle Jim's provides us with things that. Those other places probably couldn't even get a hold of, or it would be a lot more of a hassle. Um, so having that relationship and that uh, availability of the ingredients at their international market is really, really cool. So uh, so they provided, uh, like you mentioned, the Juicy IPA. We had caracara oranges from them, yeah. which is a really awesome variety of orange. Uh, the mole stout was even more interesting. We used a combination of multiple different peppers to create that mole style along with chocolate and some other ingredients yeah. that they, were, they so humbly provided to us to, uh, to get this really cool uh, final beer on, on the stout.
0: And today we're hoping to accomplish the same thing of both unique and delicious, so, yeah. Well, so far it's been amazing. I'm super excited about it. I think this is the one I'm the most excited Sweet. for. Previously it <laughs> was the was the mole stout, so and I'm thinking that each time each we one do a it, be it better. <laughs> yeah.
4: That's
2: yeah. awesome. Uh, and it hits the time of year, so I think uh, the plan is when this beer is done, that means the weather's gonna be nice. As soon as it's finished, we know it's sunny weather. So uh, our, our beer controls the outcome of the weather, and we're hoping that the sunshine Wants gets people to drink
0: it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, There's something I was just thinking about. You mentioned this uh, as far as a timeline. What is like the average brew time on, I guess in this case, in particular, a sour?
2: So uh, turnaround time on sour beers, or at least in the style that we're doing, still vary a little bit. And the reason that is, is the fruit. The fruit plays a factor in the sense that we go through a second fermentation cycle. So we brew our beer, we have our yeast in there doing its thing with the sugars from the grain, uh, from the brew day. Uh, That is basically your primary fermentation It gets the bulk of your alcohol and your other characteristics from that. Uh, And then comes the fruit. So before that yeast is completely done and gone to sleep, uh, we hit it with another dose of sugars coming from the fruit. Uh, Those yeast kind of wake back up, reinvigorate, and they go back to work consuming the sugars in the fruit, which creates a secondary fermentation cycle. So a little bit more alcohol, um, maybe a little bit more of that acid characteristic from the sour vicier yeast. Uh, some other things happen that uh, that really allow that beer to round out and finish all the way up with the second uh, fermentation.
0: Would there be any kind of, like, fruit or oh. product? That would answer your question. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, wait. That's the
2: timeline. That oh, takes
0: but no... <laughs> three. Yeah, I forgot the original oh,
2: question. Me too. That I was process so... I was that I just to... rambled about takes, like, three to four weeks generally. Okay. Um, there are things you can do to, to ramp it up a little bit. Um, there are some factors that when you add that secondary fermentation in, I'd sometimes take a little b- longer for the beer to clean up uh, for the yeast to kind of get rid of some of those uh, aroma compounds that we don't want there. Um, I've seen those kind of beers take on the long end five to six weeks. Um, other types of sour beers, though, can literally take years. There's there's a style uh, popular in Belgium and should be popular in America that is uh, it's called Lambic. It's a oh, yeah. blend of barrel aged sour beers of one year, two year and three year aged sour beers. So. Part of those, that style of beer, it takes at least three years to get you a final product. So there's your window. Three weeks to three years, I guess, wow. uh, depending on what kind of sour beer you're making.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. Are, there, uh, are there specific products, and now I'm back to the other one. <laughs> are there certain fruits or certain things you would recommend not using in this type of a beer? Uh, no, that's I think one of the cool part. When
2: it comes to fruits, just because of the, the nature of them and containing sugars naturally, um that's the fuel source for all brewing and fermentation is that so that alone gives you uh, almost endless opportunities if you can get a hold of the fruit you can probably find some way to do it into uh into a sour beer or any beer for that matter
4: um, don't want to do durian yeah. or, oh uh, oh you. thanks for <laughs> don't
0: i tried durian for. The-
2: i want to do a durian stout next year uh, wait
0: right. say that one more time jared a uh, durian style, Jungle Dream.
4: Yeah, no. It on the first podcast, he said, Why don't you use durian and we should just try it? Because it stinks. Yeah. It won't be able to get past people's nose. We can't talk them into it once they're at home. let like, get rid of the stink. Yeah, the uh, raw durian, I think, has been described
2: as, uh, pardon me, but uh, rotting flesh, I think, is the comparison. It's yeah, crazy.
4: people so, eat it on a subway and yeah. everybody wants to get off the subway when to puke. Like, no, we're not making a beer out of it. The way
2: that I would describe durian is if you think of like an onion that has rotted in a bag and you have contained all of the like liquid onion and when you open it up that smell that hits you it's not like pure raw onion smell it's like a matured funk (laughs) and i I, that is how i would describe it and then it has like a a custard texture and that is also hitting your nose at the same time the fruit itself is very sweet but that smell is hitting your nostrils at the same time. And so it just kind of affects your taste buds to make it think
0: it also I'm going to agree, having tried it this week, the smell was almost like a mixture of gasoline. And Lucky said, he was like, it's the smell of the sealed bag of onions they put out at Skyline. There's a lot of flavors. Matured funk, though. That's going to be my new R&B yeah. cover band. Matured funk. <laughs> You gotta wait until you retire. I think that's a that's a retirement. Uh, Fifty five retire, and over, exactly. <laughs> well, in that case, Jake, I feel like it's time for us to get to brewing. What let's do you do say? It. I'm
2: ready to hop back in there and let's get this bad boy rolling. Get us a uh, get us a nice uh, pinkberry. Pineapple, pineberry pine berry, pineapple, pink everything. amazing fruited sour that uh, uh, is only gonna be available at Jungle Gyms, which is really cool. Gives you, uh, uh, like you need an excuse to go into Jungle Gyms, but uh, another another reason, I guess. We
3: need a store exclusive. Yeah. We're yeah. like video games there's, there's
2: nothing else
0: there unique that makes people wanna get, not at all, yeah. <laughs> so much. Absolutely, yeah, thank, thank you. Of course. All right, welcome back to the show, Scout. Appreciate your time, and too. What's going on, buddy? How are you doing? Having a great day brewing here. <laughs> you sound so excited, Ferd. All right, Scott, talk to me. What are we working on today? Uh, so
3: today we're brewing Road to the Jungle number three, um, strawberry, pineapple, sour. I'm
0: excited about that. I talked to Jake a little bit about the sour process too, which Ooh, I think is okay. fun. What are some uh, What are some special things you hope to get out of this particular end of the collaboration?
3: Um. So, I mean, we've done a few different beers with this sour yeast strain. Uh, it's always good to learn more. Every time you brew with it, you learn a little bit more about it. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to have just another progression of that and be like, all right, cool, yeah. And, you know, now we know more than we did before.
0: A learning process, <laughs> we're actually growing. Yeah. What are you thinking? If you're not, if you're not growing, you're dying, right? <laughs>
4: I think so. I mean, a little bit every day with
0: every extra breath. Or both
3: at the same time.
4: (laughs) (laughs) What I'm most excited about is getting, like always getting to try this beer. Like every time I've told Scott the idea or we've came up with the idea, he's just like, yeah, I can do that little tinkering this way, a little tinkering that way. But the end product on both the beers so far has been phenomenal. Exactly what we were looking for. Super excited about this one. We know people have been asking for a sour, and then we're bringing some of that jungle-only kind of fruit in with the pink pineapples. Brilliant. So it'll be great.
0: Yeah, and when he says people, he means me. I am inordinately, I mean, every beer we've done so far, I've really enjoyed, and each one I enjoy a little bit more than the last. But as a predominantly sour drinker, you have no idea how excited I am. This one this. should definitely be up your alley. Oh, I can't wait. And you and I—it's really funny because I did a bit on the pink berries or the pine berries, excuse me, and the pink pineapple a few months ago. So knowing that those are in the mix, I am stupid excited. So yeah, I've never worked with
3: those either.
0: Now I was going to ask: Have you worked with like regular pineapple? Or oh regular yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah yeah. And are those like? particularly difficult fruits to play with or anything like that i mean is that a dumb question no no no
3: uh i mean strawberries used a lot that's a pretty easy one to work with pineapple is a little bit different um just because it's a pulpier fruit you know it's kind of it's more dense um it's just a matter of getting it all processed
0: um does using a fruit like pineapple add more body to the drink because it's pulpier?
3: Uh, it can a little bit, I mean, most will work pretty hard to get most of the actual pulp pulp out of it. Okay. Um there won't be a lot of that remaining. Um but it it can add a little bit of body, yeah. That's super cool. And of course, you know, the citrus character right, mm-hmm. you know, A little extra
0: tartness to the sour preceding get. But then I guess it gets balanced out by the lactose, right? Uh, A little bit. Yeah, I mean,
3: most sour beers these days are not as truly sour as what I grew up with. Sure. Um, They're really more on the tart side of of sour. Right. Uh, So, you know, sour light, if you will. Uh, (laughs) And one of the things that uh, really helps to kind of balance that is by adding lactose. So it gives you a little bit of a creaminess uh, to kind of counteract some of the acidity. So you'll still taste the sour. Uh, it'll still have, you know, a little tartness to it, but it's not like abrasively, you know, burning your tongue kind of sour. It's got a, it'll, it'll finish a little cleaner and the sourness won't really linger uh, on your palate because there's some things in there, lactose like, so being one of them to kind of help balance it out.
0: You said something a minute ago that I didn't realize might be a thing. But you talked about it being on like the tart side of sour. Is there an actual scale for that, or just sort of like we use random words? I, I, maybe that's a dumb way of saying yeah,
3: it. Yeah, I, I mean, scale-wise, I mean, technically, yeah, total acidity. But that's like okay. something you gotta, you know, do in a lab kind right. of thing. But like for me, it's just more like palate preference. I okay, mean, cool. you know, no, that
0: makes perfect I sense. Could, I can
3: I can I pull some things out that would if you, we took a drink of them. It'd be all you'd taste for an hour and you wouldn't be able to talk right for a while either. Like oh, so puckeringly sour. Right. Oh,
0: that sounds
3: curious. Um, done with diff- just different bacteria and like usually done the traditional sours that I'm used to, um, like the Lambics and things like that are usually very dry finishing beers, which accentuates that sourness and makes it even more you know, acidic on the tongue. Interesting. Um,
0: is there something you would tell someone who's never tried a sour? Like, what would you tell them to expect if this is their first time diving in? If, this, if Jungle Gyms and the 50 West collab is their gateway drug into my favorite style?
3: Uh, well, I mean, the best thing to start out with would be a fruited sour. Uh, there's a better chance that that's, you know, not going to be super abrasively uh, acidic. Uh, just, you know, if, if you're somebody who likes... You know, sour candies and stuff like that. Like it, it'll be, it'll be up your alley. It's, You get that little bit of tartness, but then you will get a little bit of kind of sweetness to balance it from the fruit, and lactose, and things like that.
0: Cool. I always tell people it reminds me of drinking a soda a little bit, where I'm like, oh, it's like a little more sour, and like sour candy. Things a great reference point. What were you jumping on?
4: First? So, just like what Jake said, with have more than one sip. You can't can't tell everything. The first sip, on my opinion, a good sour. You're like, why? And the second sip, <laughs> the second drink pulls it together. And like, okay, well, that's why, because then you get more of the fruit characteristics, the the overall flavor that they're looking for instead of just the initial shot, which of course, Jake explained it a lot better, but he went through all that time doing that. So I'm not gonna go overboard on it, but
1: more <laughs> than one sip,
4: so just just more than one sip and more often than not, and sometimes as it warms, you'll get a little bit more flavors out of it. Um, not always more sourness, but more fruit characteristics. So.
0: Do you think that this is a beer that should be drank like more? Cl- should it be a cold beverage?
4: Should it be a warm beverage? Are you? Is it a personal preference thing? It will be more of a personal preference, my opinion, would be cold. And then when you get down to the towards the end of it, it'll warm some. And then you'll be like, all right, maybe I do want it like sitting out for 20 minutes before I drink it.
0: That's very interesting.
4: Would something like that do it? it uh, no, that's a dumb question. No, ask it. It's not a dumb question.
0: No, I'm just trying to think of how to say it so I don't sound like I'm a total well, let, let me talk to you on the sales side. How, what, it, I feel like sour beers have kind of just exploded in popularity. Am I wrong in saying
4: that? No, I mean, not at all. But it's, uh, there's the overfruited sours. There's the ones that are so thick that, like, you can use a spoon to stir and, you know, kind of like soup. Right. And then, you know, some cans are, are thicker than that. But it's. Sours are there, but it's always trying to find the right sour that somebody wants. So, like, where are your sours? Well, in our store, it's in every aisle because it's by brewery, by region. And then, well, what are you looking? Do you want a kettle sour? Do you want a true sour? Do you want a lambic that's been years to make and sometimes is way more pricier than you were expecting? When I go over and hand you a $30, uh, 500-milliliter bottle. Right. What? So, I mean, a lot of it is preference, and then you find what you like and then grow from there with it. And I like to ask a lot of questions so I can try to hit the nail on the head instead of like, where's your sour beer? And like, this is great. Just grab one off the shelf and hand it to them. Because if they don't run it really fruity, they want an unfruited Berliner. They want it a little bit more weedy. They want it a little bit more um, acidity-driven. Like, there's so many questions and sub-questions, and sometimes it's overload for people. So it's like, we'll try a couple of singles so you're not locked into a six pack of beer that you're not gonna like the other five. So.
0: On the brewing side, Scott, have you found that you, well, I guess two questions. One, have you found that you guys are making more sours than usual or or in turn, have you had a favor that you've made here of your own? So as far
3: as the sour side of things goes, for me, I, sours are, really two categories now there's like the older traditional sours like the Barrelays, Lambics and things like that Sure. Um, and we've done those beers Um, those are the ones that I generally prefer Uh, we've actually gotten out of doing most of that because that style of beer that version of sour beer has really really died off Um, I think kind of at the same time that the more new school version of sour which are usually you know the fruitier ones uh they're more on the tart side not the true sour they're not mixed culture fermentations where they have a lot of different bacteria giving off a lot of different characteristics Uh, as those beers have become more popular the old traditional sours have kind of waned Um, i prefer the old traditional ones Um, we've done a few of those probably my favorite beer That we did was uh one that was a traditional barrel sour that had strawberry and kiwi in it it was called everything all at once forever Uh, and we it was in bottles it was traditional belgian bottles you know bottle conditioned all those kinds of things Um, that's probably the favorite one i've done you know since i've been here the the more kind of new school fruited ones uh they're all okay Uh, i personally classify them closer to fruit beer than i do traditional sours but I'm an old school guy. Like that's, you know, a lot of people like, like Ferd says are coming and asking for sours. They probably don't even know that those traditional Belgian lambics exist.
0: Yeah. They um, weren't around in the,
3: the
4: dark times. Yeah. Well, just,
3: just if they've, you know, gotten into beer in the last few years, the only thing they know that they know of sour beer is the, you know, all the fruited sours you see on the shelves now. Yeah. So that's just really all you've been exposed to. So yeah, you kind of have to ask that question like, whoa, what kind of sour are you
0: looking for? You know? I think you all were actually responsible for my gateway into this. I think it was the Ocean City Goza. And that was like one of the first ones yeah. I was like, oh, this makes a ton of sense to me.
3: Yeah, and, that, it was like and a beautiful spring day, you know? And that one for me is one of those ones that would be more on the tart side as opposed to the traditional uh, sure. Brett culture or something like that, wild
0: ale. So you mentioned bacteria adding characteristics and flavor. What, what does that mean? Like, I mean, I'm assuming bacteria is everywhere, right? Like, to a certain Yeah,
3: extent. yeah. It's, so in traditional lambics and some of those barrel-aged sours, uh, there's usually a lot of things in there fermenting. A lot of them, I mean, the traditional process uh, was actually through an open fermentation. So they would take the wort and they would basically put it into a tank that was very shallow and very wide so there was a lot of surface area. And this is in you know, the countryside of Belgium. And they would usually do it up um, in like a barn, basically. They open all the windows. Oh, wow. And it would get inoculated with just the wild yeast and bacteria that's in the air. It's crazy. And just there's a
0: little uh, shit flying here. <laughs> yeah.
3: That, it, well, yeah, I mean, for, basically, that's what it is. So there's all kinds of things coming in there. So a lot of the more traditional sour beers when you get a lot of characteristics from that because it's not just one thing fermenting it it's it's, a, it's several wild yeasts it's um it can be P. caucus uh there's another bacteria that gets in there there's just all kinds of different things some you definitely don't want if they get in there sure um so like we wouldn't really want to do an open fermentation here because it would end up tasting like diesel exhaust from the highway right you know but uh, when you're in the countryside, that's number those... six in the Road to yeah, the Jungle yeah. flavors. But when you're, you know, in the in the French countryside, uh, and you know, and there's only certain times a year that they'll brew them. Like they can't brew them in the high part of summer because there's the pollen is different, whatever. Um, but they'll brew, you know, usually only in the spring uh, because that's when the bacteria in the air is what they want. So there's all kinds of different flavor characteristics and things that happen when you do that route. That's now what so we're cool. doing is way more controlled than that.
0: Okay. We're so, using a very yeah.
3: specific souring bacteria strain that, you know, is giving us the very specific
0: notes. Cool. Yeah, I know Jake mentioned that. I can't remember it. I keep saying, it. I was like, oh yeah, Sour Vicious Swaz. I forget what the name was, but <laughs> yeah. that's really cool. See, I had no idea. I mean, I, I, maybe a little bit, but not enough for the audience to say That's wild, literally wild mm-hmm. in this case. Well, everyone, that's the show. I hope you enjoyed. If you're still just listening to the audio version, what are you doing? But please give us a subscribe on YouTube, check us out as Jungle Gym's International Market. I'm gonna be cooking up all kinds of fun new episodes for you. And I think we're just such a visual place. We gotta see it the whole time. All right, well on that note, I'll see you out there in the aisles. But like literally you can see the aisles right now. The Jungle Gym's podcast is recorded in the WJJI studio inside Jungle Gym's International Market in Fairfield, Ohio. The Jungle Gyms podcast is produced and hosted by Mark Morrison.